0: Hey there, welcome to today's episode where we talk about 1990s mafia classic, Goodfellas.
1: Stick around to find out why we think Joe Pashi's a funny guy. I'm Peter. And I'm Shay. And you're listening to Stellar
0: Stellar Alignment. Alignment. Welcome to episode 10. We're talking Goodfellas, another Martin Scorsese joint, also co-written by Scorsese and Nicholas Pledgey, I think that's how you say his name, who co wrote Casino yes. with Martin Scorsese. So there's tons and tons and tons of comparisons. We're going to draw a lot of parallels. This and Goodfellas uh, by many people, and we can see why, because it was written by two of the same people. Yep. Starring Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, uh, Frank Vincent, Lorraine Bracco... Uh, Paul Cervino, among numerous, numerous other people that we mm-hmm. won't list. A total of 27...
1: 27.
0: Um, alumni from, from... from
1: That we see in The Sopranos. Yes. Uh, on so. HBO.
0: A lot of people who only just happen to be in a, like a passing scene that end up being like big characters... In the Sopranos, it's like,
1: exciting to see.
0: We see Pauly in the beginning of the movie, very mm-hmm. small role. Uh, we see Big Pussy in passing, doesn't have any lines. We just kind of see the side of his head. Christopher, of course, plays Spider.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, He's Christopher, ho- hilarious,
0: hilariously <laughs> killed. Not so much uh, hilarious in the Sopranos, but hilariously killed in goodfellas
1: (laughs) no not hilariously
0: it's pretty funny
1: there are funny things
0: it's meant to be right
1: around that same it was funny it's
0: a little messed up but it's also funny it was pretty funny as far back as i can remember i wanted to be a gangster
1: tons of great quotes
0: Tons of great Tons counts. of great ones. One of the first ones of the film.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. So the intro itself reminded me of Casino a lot. Mm. We kind of start in the middle, not at the end, like Casino. But then we immediately get this narration mm. of a lot of exposition, a lot of flashbacks to the beginning.
0: We even freeze for like, it. The beginning of Casino, De Niro's walking out to his car, gets in, it blows up and... Still frame on the explosion. And in comes De Nero with his narration. Mm-hmm. When you love someone, you got to trust them. There's no other way. You got to give them the key to everything that's yours. Otherwise, what's the point? Right? Yeah. Loves to start the films on a very strong line.
1: Very fine. And
0: folks. same thing with this. They As far back as I can remember, I wanted to be a gangster. It freezes on Ray Liotta. Mm-hmm. as as he closes the trunk after Pesci, you know, gives Frank Vincent a couple yeah. more jabs in the face. and then De
1: Niro shoots him a couple times. Yeah.
0: And then you've got the, sure. the red lights of the brakes kind of shining on them, which mm-hmm. is kind of a cool lighting effect.
1: Then we do get sucked into his, like, intro to the gang. Then we,
0: his- we, yeah, we go back in time, and it's, like, the 1950s. Yes,
1: right? he's a kid. He uh, lives directly next door to a mob hangout Mm. which i mean hard not to get involved sucked into that sucked into that Uh, and he starts uh his first part-time job there parking cars when Mm -hmm. he's really young yeah and he just observes everything that's happening in there he loves it he can't think of any other thing he wants to do
0: Yeah, like the first thing he does when he gets a little bit of money is goes out and and buys a a ridiculous suit that a a mobster of that time would wear. (laughs) And that's what his mother says. You look like a mobster. He
1: volunteers for more and more work. Mm -hmm. He's always there to run errands. He's absorbing everything that that they have to teach him.
0: He's a real go-getter.
1: He is. He's an entrepreneur. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Makes himself useful. He, makes himself indispensable. He
1: makes himself useful and Yeah. Absolutely. And who doesn't like, you know, this bright young kid hanging around and whatnot? It's very family-oriented.
0: Well, um, and, and Pauly, who is the Same. kind of the boss of this family, um, takes a liking to him also. Pauly's kind of the strong, silent type that mm-hmm. sits back and observes. And he sees that in Henry, I think.
1: He's calm, but like a go-getter, willing to do the work.
0: The trivia that I read about the real Henry Hill is that he also was kind of reserved and and took things in and didn't react kind of like Tommy Pesci's character does. Mm
1: -hmm. By the time he's 13 years old, he's doing extra things. Like he stopped going to school. He's breaking windows and cars and blowing stuff up for them as errands or little tasks for him to do. He's like a mini gangster and he gets pinched for doing one of these tasks.
0: Yes. It's kind of a, a big deal because he goes in, I, I think he gets, he gets off, right? Yes. They let him slide. Yes. And
1: they and, don't have that anything that they can really.
0: And De Niro's played Jimmy Conway, uh, Jim, Jimmy Burke in real life, the real life character. Um, Kind of congratulates them and says, you know, there's two important things in life. You never rat on your friends and you always keep your mouth shut, which to me is actually just one thing. Those are
1: both the same thing. If
0: you keep your mouth shut, then you can't rat on your friends. But.
1: Yeah. He exits the courtroom and like all the gangsters are there and they all like congratulate him. Like he just popped his Sherry or graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. Like it's. Kind of a good feeling. I think they even say
0: popped his cherry. I think one one of them even mentions that. Yeah.
1: It's kind of like a nice camaraderie. Like I can see why he wanted to be there, be with them, have that lifestyle. Right.
0: Pinched selling cigarettes, right? Yes. With with a young Tommy who's uh, apparently supposed to be the same age as Henry Hill. The adult versions are Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci. Pesci being... Older than Ray Liotta, Pesci being older than Robert De, Niro, Robert De Niro, actually, in real life. But De Niro's supposed to be, I, I want to say, like at least 10 to 15 years older than the two of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Neither here nor there. I, I read that Pesci really wanted to play this character. He kind of convinced Scorsese to let him do it, apparently. He
1: chose a good character, though, who's very volatile, kind of like Pesci. You mm-hmm. know, Pesci has really good, like, explosive
0: well, I think anger Those that are the, he can do. We love funny Joe Pesci, but there's a very fine line. If this was a straight comedy, he'd be hilarious the whole movie. He's hilarious most of the movie anyways, and it's not supposed to be funny. It's just like I said a few minutes ago, when he kills Spider, it's it's hilarious. It's not supposed to be. He murders a kid in cold blood for he's... saying, go fuck yourself.
1: But he's just funny. The way he delivers certain lines. Funny and... how. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> I think the really good thing about Pesci, this understated fine line between... Crazy and hilarious, which you know, I'm not going to bury the lead here. Pesci wins the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. This is his second nomination. He lost for Raging Bull, wins for this one. The only Oscar win for this film, there were five other nominations Best Picture, Director, Editing. I want to say Sound, and then Lorraine Bracco also was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, but is the only one that won because of this, like, nuanced performance that he's able to give. And we he's love good. him for it. This, like, uncaged animal that Pesci is able to play is just so entertaining to watch
1: it's super entertaining and it you don't need to believe that he's a big or small guy because of the fire inside you know the attitude yeah absolutely it
0: could be the first scene that we see of adult tommy uh, the funny guy scene which is a classic scene even if you haven't seen goodfellas you might know the you know how am i funny scene Mm -hmm. because it's just So well-known.
1: So you want to break it down?
0: Pesci is telling a story, which he does numerous times throughout the film.
1: Great storyteller.
0: Telling, you know, an anecdote. Everyone's
1: Um, surrounding him. They're laughing.
0: Yeah, and he's being questioned, and the guy that's questioning him says, you know, can you tell me anything? And he says, yeah, go fuck your mother. And it gets uproarious laughter from everyone especially Ray Liotta. I have a just, note here.
1: Why is Ray Liotta laughing like that? He's, <laughs> he's just like, he like, in fits. Just
0: like uh, almost over the top, but I don't think it's over the top. I think it's because he, in that scene, he's supposed to find it so fucking funny yeah. that he cannot control himself. These guys get around and they tell these stories about these really shitty things that they do and they laugh about it, yeah. which is even more hilarious. And he tells him, oh, you're, you're so funny. Pesci kind of gets real straight and says, what do you, what do you mean I'm funny? It evolves into this. Like this am confrontation. I, am I a clown? Do I think I amuse you? Yada, yada, yada.
1: Everyone is silent. It's super awkward. Bray right. Liotta is even at a loss for words. Until
0: finally he realizes like, oh, it's just a joke.
1: He's just fucking with me. <laughs> and
0: So two points I want to make here. The scene was just supposed to be he says, oh, you're really funny. The ad-libbing, which is done a lot throughout this film, mm-hmm. is added in during rehearsals and during the scene itself. Most of the other actors in the scene with Pesci and Ray Liotta don't know the extent of of where this interaction is supposed to go. So a lot of their
1: reactions, uh, reactions
0: are kind of real Authentic, in the moment.
1: like oh, shit, mom and dad are fighting at the table kind The other of thing. funny
0: thing is it matches perfectly with, with the character of Tommy, but this actually happened to Pesci in real life when he was a kid, was working at, a, I think, a restaurant or something like that, and a similar character told a story, and he thought that he was complimenting the guy by telling him how funny he was, and the guy did the same thing to him. Scorsese loved it and decided to put it in the film. And it's, like, one of the most oh. quotable parts of the movie or movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There, there it's,
1: I've definitely heard it other places.
0: Like Animaniacs?
1: Possibly. With
0: well, the pigeons. The pigeons in oh, the park? yeah. Are fully... It's so
1: a, bizarre. It's
0: fully a, a ripoff of Goodfellas. I think they're called Good Feathers. What? <laughs> So Animaniacs, the cartoon from the mid-90s, oh my God. should be our childhood. We both watched it. Yep. I didn't know what it was when I was a kid either, but then grew up and learned what Goodfellas was. And I was like, oh, that's funny. There's a De Niro character, and then there's a Pesci character, and then there's Ray Liotta character. And it's always the same gag is mm-hmm. the Pesci character gets all worked up. Yeah,
1: I want to make a couple parallels, but Pesci's character here and Casino... Seem very similar.
0: It's a very similar character. Very similar. Like, I
1: think maybe unhinged. funnier here, but yeah. uh, maybe a little more charming. Or maybe he's just more in his element and not everyone has those reservations. Okay. So right. in Casino, we have De Niro's character who did have some reservations about some violence and cr- criminal activity. Yeah.
0: De Niro in Goodfellas is not a good guy. He, he's... he's yeah.
1: Exactly. I feel like everyone else is on par with him violent-wise and mm-hmm. thinking certain things and acts are okay and so he doesn't seem so far-fetched or so unhinged compared to everything else right in this one and maybe that's why he's a more likable character
0: possibly i mean he in casino he he stabs a guy in the neck with Mm. a pen because he told his friend to go fuck himself in goodfellas he shoots a kid who he already shot once he tells Tommy himself, Pesci, to go fuck himself and he kills him for it, you know? So I don't know I get where you're going yeah. that it it's but it is a very similar character and I think that's one of the many reasons when Casino came out, they're like, What well, this is just Goodfellas in Las Vegas. It's not. Like they're it's two not. completely different movies. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this before we started rolling, but we both like Goodfellas better. Yes. I Thoroughly enjoy Casino, but I think Goodfellas just has more of a story. And Mm -hmm. I care more about the characters than I did in Casino. I do, too. And I think that's because, and Scorsese admitted, that there was no plot or story in Casino. You kind of just follow the sequence of events happening, and it's fully narrated throughout the film. We get a decent amount of narration in this film, Mm -hmm. but... Not as much. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because... the I, I like to think that this film is kind of broken up into three acts where the first act of the film is following Henry as a child and then as a, a young man as he kind of moves up the ranks as an associate mm-hmm. to the mob. And also we get his introduction to Karen, mm-hmm. Lorraine Bracco, who we can get into eventually. And then... Throughout that whole first act, him and her do a a pretty heavy amount of narrating to give us like the nuts and bolts of what it's like in the mafia
1: relationship and and how everything is so normalized. Mm -hmm. So. I'm going back to that same point I made earlier Mm -hmm. where um, maybe Joe Pesci's behavior is not so unhinged and crazy in this movie compared to the casino because everyone else is at that level of violence. Sure. So Karen, in one of her narrations, she, she says, we don't hang out with anyone else or, I'm paraphrasing, of course, they, they're very close with all the people they do hang out with, mm-hmm. right? It's all the same people and the same wives, the same friends, the same mobsters. You don't go outside because yeah. it's unsafe to talk to those people. Exactly. But in that case, you're in like this uh, what Bubble. I, bubble.
0: Yeah, not the word echo you're chamber. looking for. Sure, you're echo in chamber. this echo
1: chamber of where, all the things where that,
0: crime is normalized, where
1: it's normalized, where the violence is normalized. I guess
0: that makes sense because in Casino, De Niro is trying to be legitimate, and the whole time he's trying to get Nikki to not you know ruin his his legitimate thing and nikki doesn't give a fuck and he's just acting like a mobster so yeah i get it like there's nothing to play nikki against in casino like there is here Mm -hmm. everyone here is killing people and robbing and and doing whatever but not as much in casino i I get that that makes sense Yeah.
1: so let's talk about karen
0: yeah let's talk about karen karen's uh, a nice jewish girl Mm -hmm. who he's originally not interested in. He goes on a date with Tommy just as a favor to Tommy because Tommy wants to take out this other Jewish girl, but she won't go out with Italians because prejudice against Italians. Can you believe it in this day and age? Aw. That's a quote from the movie. (laughs) They go on a double date, but Henry's not interested at all.
1: Mm -mm, Super bored.
0: And the next date, he stands her up, and she doesn't like it, and she finds him and out in front of all of his buddies and calls him up. out. Yep. Pulls him out.
1: And that's when he suddenly sees her. Interested, yes. Because she's crazy enough to come pull up on him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He is interested.
0: Well, and then they share that that trait that they like within each other because once he takes her on a legitimate date and takes her through the back... Entrance of the Copacabana, Copacabana. she realizes how
1: important
0: he is. is. Of course, he says he's a construction, he's a union delegate,
1: and he's supposed to be twenty-one at this time. When she
0: asks, yeah, but she realizes, okay, this guy has some sort of power, at least.
1: Everybody wants to be his friend, Mm -hmm. and he knows how to handle it.
0: And then, you know, she runs into someone she knows, and then the next scene, he. She calls him, and this guy has roughed her up a little bit, and Henry takes care of it for her. Uh, he walks across the street and pistol whips the fuck out of him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And mm-hmm. points his
1: gun around at them a little bit.
0: Ask Karen to hide the gun, and she said, you know, most women at this point would probably get out of there, but I have to be honest, it turned me on. Mm-hmm. So they share that that trait within each other.
1: Yeah, they're both maybe a little crazy.
0: Yeah. And I did have a note here that at their wedding, when Paulie takes her around to introduce him to his family, uh, everyone's either named Peter or Paul. And all the daughters' names are Marie.
1: All the wives' names are Marie.
0: And the wives' names. Or every, <laughs> and the all, daughters. All the, yeah. Everyone's name's everyone's Marie. Everyone's name's Marie. So my name's Peter. <laughs> my sister's middle name's Marie. There's like a 50% chance that your middle name's going to be Marie.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. I don't get it.
1: Is that an Italian thing? Sure. Or like an East know. Coast thing?
0: Um, both. I don't know. I'm only a fraction of an Italian, so not really a good source to ask that. We should mention, of course, we've got Scorsese, De Niro, and Pesci. We also need some Frank Vincent. Of course. Frank Vincent appears.
1: Boom. There he is. As
0: Billy Bats. Doesn't have a very big role in this one. Uh, Smaller than he had in Raging Bull.
1: He just plays a maid guy.
0: Yep. Who just was released from prison and knows Tommy from when he was younger. Another very classic scene and quotable scene of where he tells uh, Tommy to go home and get his fucking shine box. Because Tommy used to shine the hell out of a shoe. Of course, Tommy is very offended by this.
1: Because he's grown up now.
0: You offended him a little bit. A little bit. That
1: was good
0: to me. Oh, thanks. You probably do it better. You do the the face and I'll do the voice and then we'll make one good, one good in your impression. (laughs) Tommy being kind of the loose cannon that he is. Doesn't take this offense well and ends up killing a made man. Yes, and this is where we with
1: Jimmy's help
0: we circle Jimmy back. Helps yeah, see that him. Uh, De Niro. I mean, he gets worse throughout the movie, but he's not a good guy either, and he's nah. he kills people left and right. So different than his character from Casino. I I do want to talk about similarities once we get there mm-hmm. to his character in Casino, but this is where we get brought back to the beginning of the film. Yes. They kill him, they stuff him in Ray Liotta's trunk, and they end up stopping for dinner at Tommy's mom's house. Well, in they the go trunk. for a shovel. And Tommy's, Tommy's mother, is... played by uh, Catherine Scorsese, Martin Scorsese's mother, wakes up, makes them all dinner like a good Italian mother tends to do. And it's the
1: middle of the night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Apparently the majority of that scene is also ad-libbed. Uh, him asking for the knife that he ends up killing <laughs> yeah. her, it wasn't, I'm gonna I guess, borrow this. part of the scene either. And then on the way to burying him, he wakes up, and they have to stop and stab him and shoot him a few more times. And yeah. That's where the, the film begins. They get themselves into trouble uh, quite a bit, but they're also you know fun-loving. It's all about partying and spending their money. The real Henry Hill didn't do well at saving his money, he'd make it and then spend it or gamble it away most of the time. Not really financially sound people that live that lifestyle. They all had their share of girlfriends.
1: Including Henry. In-
0: including Henry. And
1: it seemed like he Karen- bought his girlfriend at an apartment. Her own
0: apartment, yeah. A fuck pad for the two of them. Yeah. And yeah.
1: Karen's Karen- paranoid? Karen knows, she knows-
0: all the wives in no. know that the you know they have a, a gumar, so she kind of loses it on him and pulls a gun in, on him.
1: Yeah, That's another that happens.
0: Famous scene where Raylios is like,
1: "I gotta come home for this." For this.
0: And you know this is where the family comes into play because mm-hmm. Pauly wants to try and and help set things straight. I was
1: like. Oh. You know, because I was like, oh, what a good family dynamic. They're talking to him about his marriage and how he should go home. Or,
0: well, that's, I mean, that's, it's a family, right? The mafia is essentially, and for the people that are made men, it's, you're part of this family and, from any of the tv or movies that i've watched about the mafia it's almost <laughs> all even, we've learned on tv it's thicker than blood you know yep. like, so
1: like wives are very important mm-hmm. and like your children are very important yeah um regardless of if you have multiple girlfriends yeah
0: like... saturdays are for girlfriends that's in the movie <laughs> you got it right here son of a bitch saturdays are for girlfriends <laughs> Polly mm-hmm. sends Henry on a job with Jimmy down to Tampa, and where they kind of
1: give them a break.
0: They rough up a guy, and they end up getting
1: in trouble. In
0: trouble, and this is when they get sent to sent to jail for yes. a little bit.
1: So Polly, Jimmy, and Henry go to prison yep. for a varying amount of time.
0: This is kind of where I, I'd like to say that Act One kind of ends, and Act Two starts to begin. When they go to prison, I feel like Act Two begins. Yeah, we also lose a lot of the narration here. The narration's kind of done because we've been given the setup of what it's like to live in the family. And now we're following this this story, story of Henry getting arrested, going to jail. We also should note that there's a fourth member in their cell there who was already in prison, who's Martin Scorsese's father. Oh. While they're there, Karen is still suspicious because his girlfriends are coming to visit. Yeah. And she's bringing him sneaking stuff into the jail to good give him cheeses, good cheeses, but also drugs. Meats,
1: drugs. This is, he
0: starts selling drugs while he's um, in prison yep. to make a little extra money
1: um, quietly.
0: And once he gets out, continues to even though Pauly tells him to stay, Pauly tells stay him the hell away to from stay it.
1: away from that sort of thing, because that's what can bring you down. That's yep. traceable. And
0: after the beginning of Act Two. When Henry's released and he starts selling uh, drugs, there's also wind of this heist that could happen, uh, which is a, a real-life thing, one of the biggest heists of all time, the Lufthansa, I don't Lufthansa, know how to pronounce Lufthansa that. heist, which in real life was just shy of $6 million, was stolen, but... Was apparently orchestrated by Jimmy Con- Jimmy Burke in real life. Jimmy Conway, De Niro's character. And yeah, the people that were involved in this.
1: It's a pretty big group of people mm-hmm. that they introduced us to. Including... A little bit of narration here.
0: Yeah, we get a little bit of context here. But eventually end up getting killed too.
1: Yeah, well, it starts off for reasons. Uh, Stax is the first person who... Gets killed.
0: Played by Samuel L. Jackson. Yes.
1: He um, stole the truck. He was supposed to get rid of it or hide it, and he didn't do his job. Mm -hmm. And instead, they found it. They said they found Prince, and eventually it would lead back to him, so they killed him.
0: Which really happened. This is exactly what happened. A real person with the nickname Stax didn't get rid of the truck, and it was found. And then from that, on top of the other key players who were part of the heist, spending money that they shouldn't have been spending have been because spending. It, it raises red flags mm-hmm. um, jimmy just decides I, I need to
1: i need to start cutting yeah. these loose ends yep and starts going ham
0: and like we're talking killing people that in the scene before they were just playing poker together and laughing and, and you know what i mean yeah or, or who
1: have been in every single poker game with them or up like, until this point
0: you know, when they, they kill Morris, Maury, the the annoying guy who's the, the wig salesman, who's also a part of it, apparently he's the one, I think, that let them in on it. He's right? the one
1: who tipped them off on it.
0: Uh, they kill him.
1: But he's got a big mouth and he's super annoying. One so. of the guys
0: in the car, when they yeah. kill him, ends up getting killed himself. Forget the, the guy, the character's name, but... The guy... With the with the kind of... The eyebrows. The fro, Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Who gets um, uh,
0: left in the, in the yeah? Uh, but he was also truck.
1: one of those people right away that was called out for spending an exorbitant amount right. of money. Right. Yeah, like it's hard to control people.
0: Yeah, well, he, I mean, it's a lot of money. It's and a lot of money. This is what I mean. Is like Jimmy. This is where De Niro's character is different. Different from Casino. He's at least in Casino. His character is trying to be legit. Ace is trying to be a legit character. Here, he doesn't care. In fact, in the beginning of the movie, Henry talks about how much Jimmy loves to to rob. <laughs> he his loves his to steal things. Thing. Yeah. And in this movie, he's not a good guy. But at this point is where he really starts to become paranoid. And this is where I think that there are parallels to Casino and also Raging Bull where we see De Niro's character transition into more of this paranoid person who doesn't trust the people that he's closest to. It happens in Raging Bull, where he stops trusting his brother and his wife. It happens in Casino, where he stops trusting his wife and Pesci. And it happens again here.
1: I think it happens whenever he has something to lose. Mm. You know? Maybe something worth losing. He gets very paranoid and possessive.
0: And there's a lot of money to be lost here too. Absolutely. And, th- and he's probably also thinking like the more people I kill, the more money for me. Cause Jimmy, at least the picture that they they kind of paint in this film is that Jimmy, Henry, and Tommy are thickest thieves. Yes. That they kind of Three will, they'll have each other's backs no matter what. And in fact, when word comes down that Tommy's going to become a made man, Jimmy especially Jimmy is, is very so happy. happy because the way he looks at it is if Tommy becomes made, that means he's pretty much made, even yeah. though he and Henry can't because they they're have, not full Italian. They, Pesci's character is full Italian. Pesci in real life is full Italian. De Niro also in real life, not full Italian. He thinks
1: they've His made it. His win is their win. Right. Like they're going up together.
0: Right. The problem is, is that the skeletons in Tommy's past come back. People find have found out that he killed Billy Bats. Uh, among the other things, because he's such a loose cannon, he's getting himself into trouble and you know, doesn't kind of follow the rules the way that you should if you're going to be part of a mob family. They take him to the house where they're going to have the ceremony because there's a ceremony when you become made. They open the door. There's no one there, and it's great because in that moment, Tommy he's realizes, like oh. like, "Oh no!" And then phew, Jimmy finds out and is very upset.
1: He's very distraught. Yeah, and there's very little even said. Like the words don't actually come out. Like,
0: yeah, well, there's he's are...
1: dead. It's like we did everything we could.
0: Yeah, we did everything we could, and then it just he's and gone. That was it. Of yeah, course, they're on knew. the phone, right? So they yeah. never want to say things on the phone. So it's like, True. yeah, we did everything we could, but yeah, he's gone. He's gone. And it's like, yeah, they whacked him. And it, it feels like at this point is where um, act two kind of comes to an end. Mm. Right. Because now Tommy's gone. All of these other guys have been killed. And now it's just kind of Jimmy and Henry. And they can still, they're still earners, but they can't be made guys. And their close friend is gone. Yeah. And at this point, Henry's very much into selling, but also doing drugs karen's karen's involved he's got some of his girlfriends involved
1: two and of this, his girlfriends this
0: brings us to act three where it follows this just this one day this is where we get the narration that comes back in pretty strong mm-hmm. where it's henry, a
1: recount of the day yeah obviously. henry's
0: kind of narrating us through his day and apparently a lot of this stuff is is even verbatim nicholas uh plegy interviewed the real henry hill very much and apparently a, a, a a lot of what he said is used verbatim in the movie for narration. So, you know, there's this whole list of things he has to do this day. And it starts out with these helicopters, which Mm -hmm. he thinks are following him. And, you know, a sequence of events and picking up his brother and picking up the, the quote unquote babysitter, which is actually a mule to get the, the drugs from here to there, uh, doesn't do what she's supposed to. And like
1: the mistakes that happen along the way. Yeah.
0: And, um, yeah, it leads us to him being arrested yes. for something that Paulie told him never to do. And of course, Jimmy, who's kind of out on his own now, cause he's got no one left sort of is also worried about the, the heist and all that money and, and Henry kind of rolling over.
1: Mm-hmm. Not just that Jimmy is involved in this drug thing too. Mm. Like, Henry pulled in Jimmy and Tommy. That's right. Obviously. Because it was was becoming a little too big for him, and he needed help. So, he pulled in his, like, two guys. His two best friends. I do want to circle back a little bit to this one day. And all his to-do list was manic. And, like, you saw his face and how he was, like, sweating the whole time. Well, he's he's super drugged up, too. Nose was red. And he's just, like... Even the thoughts in his head were manic. He would be like staring at the helicopter and he's then like, he's got to start cooking. He's got to go mix the thing, but then he's got to leave and then he's got to come back and start the sauce, but don't (laughs) put his brother in charge of the sauce. And then he, it was just like so manic.
0: He was right to be paranoid because he ends up getting arrested at the end of the day. The police go to search. Karen flushes it all down the toilet because she's worried they're going to find it and then that's that's real evidence, you know? Yeah. Sixty thousand dollars worth.
1: Absolutely. So
0: when he gets out, he has nothing. He can't he can't go to Polly because Polly told him not to do this. They he haven't...
1: he does go to Polly and like well, apologizes. Yeah, he, but he, but he, he Polly really, basically yeah. is like
0: He gives him uh, a few, my back th- a few thousand bucks and is like that's, that's all I can do for you. And that's it. He doesn't think that he can really trust Jimmy because Jimmy Assumes that he's gonna rat, so that that's a very delicate situation.
1: Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah, he there's something that Jimmy says, and he's like, and that's when I knew I'd never come back from this trip.
0: Yeah, he wants that to Jimmy take, him, wants to take on. him on a job down to Florida again to go help
1: walk a guy.
0: Yeah, and he knew that it's like um, Jimmy never has never asked me to kill anybody. Yeah, um, so he knew that something bad was gonna happen. And Karen even goes to see Jimmy at one point to ask for a little bit of help. He gives her a couple thousand because they don't have anything. And then he's like, I got some dresses. They're just down the alley in this weird door. And she's getting skeptical. And she kind of thinks that maybe he's going to have her whacked. Yeah. So she takes off. And at that point, after they have both interacted with Jimmy, Henry realizes he has no course of action. That... He doesn't want a rat and he never would but they put him in a position where if he doesn't he's going to be killed.
1: He's going to be killed in or out of jail. And it's like like regardless yeah, because of how much he knows.
0: Sure he's a rat but the uh, his other course of action was to be killed because they would have never let him get to a point where he would go through trial because of the all of the money from the heist, all of this information that's out there. Would have never been able to to get to trial. Absolutely. He goes to witness protection and...
1: Rats on a lot of people. Yeah. And we... Especially those closest to him. And when he rats on Polly, I'm almost like, oh, no.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like ratting on your own dad. Kind of. Like...
0: And then, like, yeah, they have the courtroom scene where Polly and Jimmy are both there and he has to point them both out. Oh. It's so awkward. It's just like yeah like these guys help help raise shaped him shaped him yeah
1: raised him gave and him a chance
0: we have the, the narration of everything that's going on there but then it turns into and this is another parallel to casino in casino we have the majority of the narration is from ace from robert de niro but then nikki joe pesci also narrates somewhat throughout mm. the movie mm-hmm. in the end of the movie when they take Nicky out to a cornfield right before they kill him, he's narrating up until the point where he gets hit with a baseball bat. And when he gets hit, the narration stops dead, like right there in that moment. I like that, uh, the, the use of that. Mm-hmm. It's done similarly here where Henry's narrating and we see the narration of him while he's sitting in the courtroom, and then all of a sudden, the next sentence comes directly out of his mouth.
1: He breaks the fourth wall. He walks out from under, like behind where he was. Mm-hmm. It, he's no longer in the scene. He's just reliving what's happening.
0: Yeah, and the here. scene is kind of still going on behind him, but he's. It was he's, a really yeah.
1: cool shot. Very
0: interesting.
1: It's a very cool shot.
0: From there, like, then we just see him in front of some house, which looks like in the Midwest. Picks up a, a newspaper which says Ohio on it. The one last thing you hear is him close his front door, but it sounds like a jail cell closing, yeah. which kind of showing like he yeah, made you, his own prison. You're not in jail, but you're in witness protection, and also he no longer gets to live this lifestyle that he loved.
1: That he loved.
0: And he's kind of in his own prison in the he, real world.
1: He's just like everybody else.
0: Yeah. Credits roll. We get. Uh, Sid Vicious's version of My Way. Apparently Frank Sinatra would not give Scorsese the rights to play the original version of My Way. A little bit of fun fact there, but also one of like 44 or 45 songs throughout the movie. Scorsese's really good at doing this. I do want to mention that it did receive seven BAFTA nominations, which is quite a few, but it won five of those, so Best Screenplay, uh, Costume Design, Editing, Best Film, and Best Director. So Mm. did really well over across the pond. It was nominated for five Golden Globes, didn't win anything. I usually only try to hit the really big awards that most people have heard. Because there's tons of awards. Uh,
1: Yeah, there's tons of award ceremonies.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of improv. So... This happens at casino. We know okay. that a lot of the scenes with De Niro and Pesci are improv. They obviously play well off of each other. That's why Scorsese puts Keeps them, together. them together. This is done a lot in Goodfellas also. What would happen a lot of the times is they'd have the scene, they'd rehearse it, and during the rehearsal, if these new ad libs or improv came up, then they would rework the script. And on the day of shooting, they would kind of go off of this new script. So these, this banter that you hear is very interesting. Another thing that that kind of happens is, I forget the exact number, but it's somewhere in the high 200s or maybe early low 300s, the number of uh, times that the word fuck is said in the film. Hmm. It was like the highest for a very long time. It's not anymore, but... Uh, apparently i think that there was only 70 uses of the word in the original script and we end up with somewhere around 300 and like more than half of them are by pesci (laughs) and apparently if pesci asked his mom what she thought of the movie she said that she thought he did a good job but asked why he had to curse so much that's
1: part of his character yeah gosh mom
0: mafia
1: mom mom
0: i'm in the mafia oh,
1: gosh
0: they're supposed to swear Ugh. <laughs>
1: you
0: know we've only talked about the the interesting parts of this film we did a little breakdown which we haven't done in a while we
1: did yeah
0: but let's let's talk about at least for a moment what we think about the movie before we rate it okay. because we didn't really do much of that um I really enjoy Goodfellas. Every time I watch it, I enjoy watching it. I liked it better than Raging Bull, which we just recently watched, and Casino before that. I'm a pretty big Scorsese fan. I like a, a lot of his other films that we're not covering because they don't have Pesci in them, at least right now. It's also considered to be one of the greatest films of all time yeah. just like raging bull is just like once upon a time in america we started this whole series off with a short podcast just talking about pesci and how we think it's just crazy how he he happens to be involved in all of these
1: really great, really
0: movies. great movies,
1: or th- a variety. Of I think it's
0: movies. because he's been able to work with great directors, Scorsese numerous times, Sergio Leone. You know, like it. It helps to put yourself in good company. Absolutely. But I'm I'm a, a pretty big fan of this movie. I think as far as mob movies go, it's my favorite. I thought Once Upon a Time in America was great, but I still think that. There's no competing against this. I know that Godfather fans out there might disagree with me, but I don't particularly like the pacing of Godfather. Uh So, Sumi, that's fine. I know for a fact that I like Goodfellas.
1: I really liked Goodfellas as well. Um, I I definitely saw a lot of likeness with Casino, but it had a lot of things that Casino was missing. Uh, Just It seemed more put together the story was there mm. even though it was still based on true events and like you know just a series of events it seemed like there was a beginning a middle and an end that we could follow i think it also helped that ray leota was one main star i don't know why um but i feel like robert de niro joe pesci were just accessories just like decoration for yeah. the story that was based around ray leota mm. and i could really get behind Ray Liotta up until the end. Um, I think my favorite character, though, was Polly.
0: Supporting characters, so I, I get that. Like they're.
1: But it just makes me want to watch The Sopranos again. If you're down for that, we should do that.
0: I agree. I think Pesci obviously won the Oscar, so a phenomenal job there. We see the beginning of his range in Raging Bull, and then he really shows it in this movie. And then he shows it again in Casino, but I th- and I think that he would have won for that role in Casino if people hadn't thought it was so similar. You know, the fact is, is you have the same director directing a similar film. You have both the director who co-wrote and the other writer of Casino. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're going to be kind of similar. The subject mm-hmm. matter is similar, it, but it doesn't take away from the fact that they're they're
1: both good.
0: They're good, uh, but two separate movies. I also think that Ray Liotta, who I think until this time, this might be the 10th or 11th time I've seen this movie, I just noticed is like he really gives a pretty nuanced performance that I don't think I've ever noticed from Ray Liotta before because I think most of everything else I've seen with Ray Liotta, he's always just a, a, a supporting character. character. And he's the main character here, and we get to see him actually flex a little bit of range and I really noticed that this time this was like his big breakout I mean before this like he was in Something Wild which was maybe his first real big role Uh, also a big role for Jeff Daniels I've never seen Something Wild but it's one of those films that a lot of people are like, oh, something wild, you know? So I feel like we've got to watch that now. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> Young Ray Liotta?
0: Yeah, he's younger. It's an 86. Yeah. Young
1: Ray Liotta is yeah. pretty handsome.
0: And I feel like we we owe it to Ray Liotta. Unfortunately, Ray Liotta died last May. RIP Ray Liotta. We love you. And you're missed. It's a good role. Also, um... Paul Servino, the guy who plays Polly, hmm. died last March. He did. Also, yeah. So, um, shout out to Paul Servino as well. Let's rate this bitch.
1: Ah, before we do that, let's go through all the other ratings that people have given this. So, IMDb gave it an 8.7. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter is a 96%. Whoo. The audience score is ninety-seven percent. Clearly a favorite.
0: Makes sense. Makes uh, sense.
1: What are you gonna give yours?
0: Um, so I'm gonna do something that I didn't think that I was gonna do, but I'm going to do it. Uh, twelve. I, I'm gonna bump. I'm gonna bump. Uh, Once Upon a Time America down to eleven, <gasps> and I'm gonna give Goodfellas a twelve because, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of the movie. Me too. Would you stop copying I'm not me? i copying
1: you, which is good. did the same
0: thing last week with Easy Money and Eight which Heads. good. We've got two more, fi- well, technically three more films, two more episodes. episodes. Next week we'll be doing Home Alone 1 and 2. Yay! And our final week we'll be doing The Super.
1: Which is not a horror movie. The
0: Super with Joe Pesci, which is a comedy. Not The Super, and I'm, I'm retracting my previous my my pre- dickishness
1: <laughs> retracting my
0: previous dickishness
1: statements
0: when i was picking on my wife for thinking that the super was a thriller or a horror movie apparently uh val kilmer just a few years ago made a film called the super where he's a superintendent.
1: Same synopsis, and
0: it's a horror. It's a horror film,
1: but it's a horror thriller.
0: Had zero idea because I only knew about this Joe Pesci one.
1: It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Thank you for joining us this week. If you are listening to us on YouTube, please hit subscribe and like and comment. If you have any comments,
0: give us feedback. We'd like to, especially this film or any of them. Right, this
1: was a great film. Let us know what you
0: think are you a fan of goodfellas if you're not why
1: why no
0: i'm kidding but yeah let us know
1: yeah goodfellas or the godfather right below
0: well you've never seen the godfather i haven't we have to watch that oh you just
1: outed me from all these people
0: i've outed you previous episodes so that's fine also you can give us feedback anywhere you listen to the podcast if you didn't watch it on youtube Depending on where you listen, you can rate and review us Mm -hmm. and leave a comment. We're on pretty much any platform that you can think of out there. If you're on social media, go ahead and check us out. We're at Stellar Alignment Podcast, Twitter, uh, Facebook, TikTok, and mostly Instagram. That's the best place to look for us. Uh, We're just two people, so it's hard to keep up with all of these platforms, but... Hit us up. Let us know what you think of the movie and also what you think of our podcast. Our talking. Next week, we'll be discussing Home Alone 1 and 2. So we'll see you then. Thanks again.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. <laughs> Next week, we'll be discussing Home Alone 1 and 2.
1: Stick around.
0: Next week, stick around next week.
1: Stick around. (sighs)